HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Nourish and Flourish, a handcrafted, independent publication taking readers on a journey from the soil to the stars. Subscribe today at nourishandflourish.site. This week on Meet and 3, we're ringing in the start of our fifth season with dispatches from Portland, Oregon's biggest food festival, Feast Portland. We're bringing you words of wisdom on launching a food business from food blogs. Most acquaintances from high school have now tried to start a food or fashion blog in some sense and quit very quickly afterwards. To ice cream shops. Every city you go to, the salt and straw is completely different than any other city. We'll bring you insights and anecdotes about the business of the business. We were like, cool, we're going to do this. We're going to try to raise $75,000 and we'll see what happens. And it was like the most gut-wrenching, miserable month. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santigade. On today's show, we're going to profile Vermont Creamery and talk specifically about their B Corp business certification. But first, what are certified B Corporations, B Corps for short? According to the B Corp website, B Corps are businesses that meet the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance public transparency, and legal accountability to balance profit and purpose. B Corp certification doesn't just evaluate a product or service. It assesses the overall positive impact of the company that stands behind it. B Corp certification is the only certification that measures a company's entire social and environmental performance. The B Impact Assessment evaluates how a company's operations and business model impacts its workers, community, environment, and customers. So it's a lot to talk about. And let's get back to Vermont Creamery. B Corp certified in in 2014, Vermont Creamery has been ranked one of the best places to work in Vermont by Vermont Business Magazine. Vermont Creamery is a subsidiary of Minnesota-based Lando Lakes, Inc., and has maintained their B Corp certification through the change in ownership. My guest today is Adeline Druart, president of Vermont Creamery. Adeline, welcome to Cutting the Curd. 
Thank you for having me, Elena. Of course. So what does it mean that Vermont Creamery is a B Corp? What are the components of your B Corp status? Because I'm, I think it's true that different companies kind of do different things to become a B Corp. Is that, is that right? Right, that that's that's correct. I, I would say for um, for one Creamery B Corp is a validation of who we are as a business and what we stand for. Mm. So um, you know we we've been in business for thirty five years. We 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 were started by Bob Race and Alison Hooper, two incredible um, you know pioneer in the artisan cheese industry. Big time. That <laughs> you know big time, right? That's wanted to make sure that they bring European-style inspired dairy product to the American consumers and also doing that in the right way. Hmm. So we were funded with, you know, a very strong mission and, you know, been spending the past 35 years, I would say, perfecting our craft as a cheesemaker and also as business leaders. Mm-hmm. So when it came, um, I think it was 2014, we were starting to see um, you know, greenwashing taking place or, mm. you know, this, you know, other brands and businesses, you know, starting to be more um, vocal about what they stand for. We felt, wow, we, we've been doing that all along. Right. Why don't we bring that to the next level? And this is when we got introduced to the team at B-Lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alison had heard about uh, the, the B Corp certification, and I recall being at a, a seminar that Ben and Jerry and B Lab was given in in, in Burlington, Vermont, uh-huh. and we felt like, wow, this is this is for us. This is exactly what we need. Um, and let's uh, we we knew it would be a rigorous assessment, and we may not. Uh, w- you know, may not be ready at the first round, but mm-hmm. we did it mm-hmm. and uh, passed in the first uh, in the first month of uh, us going through the assessments and and that was validating yeah our past and also what we've done for the past um, three decades. Wow! So right, you mentioned Ben and Jerry's, a big Vermont uh, company that does a lot of social and environmental stuff, and it's neat to think that they. I didn't realize they were also a B Corp, but it totally makes sense to me. Um, so how, so you said within a month of the assessment, you got the B Corp certification, how long had you been kind of considering it? How much time had passed between going to that, uh, talk by Ben and Jerry's and actually passing the assessment, getting the certification? I think it was, um, we saw about it for maybe a month. (laughs) Wow. And then we worked on the assessment for a month mm-hmm. um, and then achieved the certification. So it was pretty fast. Wow. And again, it was it 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 fit it, it was the perfect fit for us mm-hmm. from uh you know what what the you know B Lab organization was standing for, which is using businesses as a force for good. Mm-hmm. So not only to compete to be you know, uh, best in the world, but more importantly, is to be best for the world. And so we felt like, okay, this is just perfect, aligned with our value. And then it was um, honestly getting in front of a computer and taking um, taking the survey, answering hundreds of questions, mm. making sure that we have the um, backup documentation, the uh, metrics, the tracking device right. um, in place. And mm-hmm. then um, the minimum score that you, you need to meet uh, to get certified is 80, and we passed at 80.1. Wow. 
<laughs> so right <laughs> but on you the passed. Dot, but we passed, and and then that gave us an opportunity to have a really strong um, roadmap for the years to come mm. on where we will focus our time and resources and energy. So would you say that that um, once you had sort of done that assessment, set up those metrics and and sort of the tracking tools that you mentioned. Was that sort of a built-in vision in a way, or you you said roadmap? I mean, was it almost a built-in action plan for more of that kind of work that you wanted to be doing, or did you already were you already kind of on pace to continue and grow these other parts of your business? I would say it, it created a structure. You know, mm-hmm. the, the assessment is broken down into four pillars. First, it looks at your governance, uh, you know, how your structure, how, how you lead as a business, your, your corporate accountability, your ethics, your transparency. Mm-hmm. And does, second, does like human resources and benefits come into play there? Uh, yes, and also in the second pillar, which is workers. Ah, so this okay. is here where you look at compensation and wages. Uh, you know, what, what, what uh, for example, one, one question is, uh, what percentage above the living wage is your starting wage? Hmm. Um, it looks at the benefits, education and training, um, and, and so on and so forth. The, the third pillar is around communities. How do you impact the community around you uh, with job creation, with, with, you know, diversity and inclusion? Mm-hmm. Uh, how involved are you in local nonprofits, um, so on and so forth? And mm-hmm. also in here is uh, there is a big component around supply chain, mm-hmm. and, which is part of your business community. And then the right. fourth pillar, very important one as well, is the environment, mm-hmm. uh, your input, your output, and your carbon footprint, and, and, uh, and all that good stuff. Wow. Those are wonderful pillars. Those are like, <laughs> those are strong pillars for business. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting because I think a lot of, a, a lot of, you know, traditional business models would stop at maybe governance and workers, maybe. <laughs> um, and, kind of have those be the two pillars, but you can sort of see the strength in focusing on all four of those things. Would you say that there's one area of that where you felt as you were doing the assessment initially, oh, we have a lot more we could do or where you saw opportunities, even just in the questions that were being asked. I mean, that the one you mentioned about the, you know, percentage of the average worker's wage versus the top earner in the company. That's such a compelling uh, number to think about. And I think that a lot of people would maybe aren't thinking about that so often within the day-to-day of their business. Were there any elements like that that really kind of made you have aha moments as you did that first assessment? Yeah, we, that's a good question. The, the governance, you know, it was important for us to to make sure, you know, we are open book managed company. We have mm-hmm. we have a high level of transparency on on how we run the business and the why of the business, all the way to financial, you know, educating our team mm-hmm. on the financial performances down to, you know, what gross profit margin means, you know, what is our electrical bill mm. and so on and so forth. Yeah. So governance is important. It's almost like the foundation. You have to have the right structure mm. to lead a business in the right way. Right. Similar to, for example, a co-op model, uh, which we are now owned by Land O'Lakes and they are, their governance is we're owned by farmers, which, which is... Uh, 
very important, right. um, you know, way to to run a business and an impactful one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the workers, I guess, will be the next in line because you, before you can help your community, you got to make sure that the people that work in your business are well taken care of. Right. Like if you're looking... If you're not, if you're sort of overlooking what's right in front of you, how right. much could you really contribute outside of your own walls in a way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the community, making sure that yeah, that you have an impact. It's an obligation, I believe, as a business to mm. to impact, um, to have a positive impact in in the world that surrounds ourselves. And then the environment. With this, it's this pillar. It was really helping us to focus. On, you know, it's on on what is the most pressing challenges we want to tackle, mm. um, or or opportunity that we want to go after. You know, because uh, if you think about it, it's like okay, how how can we help with solving climate change? Right. That can be very daunting. Right. Um, and so you know, with this, it 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 puts us in a great framework to, okay, first let's focus on our waste within the creamery, then let's focus on mm. water reduction and, you know, let's 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 be a, a good stewardship of the land right mm. here between our four walls before we expand um, um, more broadly. Hmm. And were there any, were those specifics, um, you know, again, on that note, like as you're doing the assessment, were there... Uh, really specific questions about how you were um, interacting with the physical land since you are working with animals and you're, you're, you know, there is waste in cheese making and um, were there criteria for that or was that something that you had to sort of define more specifically? Um, there is, there is some criteria and at the same time the assessment is, is done in a way that it can be applied to any kind of industries, mm. Mm. including even services. Mm. Um, so it's it's about the inputs and outputs, um, and also committing to um, a reduction goal. Ah, I see. So as part so, of it, as part of the assessment, there's actually a commitment that you make to continue to improve some of those numbers. Yes, yes, mm. and the assessment itself change every three years. Ah, that was my next question. <laughs> so they, they reassess you every three years or the entire assessment kind of gets an overhaul every three years? So we get reassessed every three years okay. and the assessment got uh, is getting updated. So mm. the next one we're going to take, it's going to be harder. Yeah. Um, and, and which is great because that means within the assessment, there is a, a value of continuous improvement that is mm-hmm. built in there. Right. Right. And did you, so you've already done, you did your initial one. Have you already done a second one? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Our first one um, was in, we we took the assessment in 2013 I see. Okay. And, and became certified in 2014. So our score was 80.1 then. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016, uh, it was 85.2. Oh, great. And then uh, in 2017 is the last time we took it, mm-hmm. we got to 88.5. So we are making progresses um, <laughs> every every time. Right. And it takes commitment and focus. That's very, it, you know, otherwise 
you could be decertified the next time. Right, right. It doesn't, I mean, every three years is pretty frequent. Did that, in that um, stretch where you had taken it sort of two years in a row, was that of your own sort of voluntary taking it again just to get an even better score? No, that's, that's, they used to take it, um, Oh, to they, assess every two years. I see. So okay. It's, it's mandatory. Yeah. I see. Great. And who, how many people are involved in working with the assessment, sort of really understanding what's a part of the certification and dialing that into your goals and op- operations? Can you tell us a little bit about how you, how that plays out in reality in terms of actually answering the questions and then building that into what you're doing? Sure. Um, you know, the, it's, it's like culture. Mission and culture is not the responsibility of one department. Mm-hmm. Like culture, it's not just the HR department. Right. Same thing as mission. We have to make sure in order for us to continue to live and breathe the, the mission of the business, it has to be everyone's responsibility. Mm. So part of our business strategy um, is to include culture and mission in every single departmental goal. Hmm. Um, so, for example, uh, our director of operation is, res- uh, is also accountable for our mission and our culture, such as our director of finance. So everybody not only is involved but is accountable for uh, making sure we deliver on our mission and our culture. In addition, who does the groundwork? To <laughs> back to your question, <laughs> we have someone uh, in at Vermont Creamery. Her name is Eliza mm-hmm. Leeper, and she's a very talented uh, individual that joined us a couple years ago. And she's our mission manager. Right. I was wondering if it was her. If she's the one filling it out, I saw her title and I thought, aha. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> this this might be the person who's really in there. Um, When you mentioned that each department was um, responsible for building those components, you know, the mission and the culture of the organization, these like big level, like, like almost sometimes nebulous things into their actual department goals. Does that mean that they set goals that relate directly to what the mission and the culture, like how those are defined by the company? Sure. I'm going to give you an example, a recent example. We transitioned, um, we re we transitioned to a new look and feel mm-hmm. on packaging with an updated logo uh, and and also new graphics. And what we wanted to make sure we do is not only we clean up a little bit our brand and our look, but we also bring on uh, a mission component in that transition. Mm. So the marketing team was tasked to look at not only pretty packaging, but also uh, packaging that has um, better uh, substrates, hmm. greener substrates. So they were they were tasked with with this team, the, the, with this um, mission, I would say, and, and challenge. They mm-hmm. work with uh, the R and D team to find suppliers of um, plastic cups that has less plastic and more paper wrap, right. and then work with the operation team to make and supply chain team to make sure we can source them, we can use them. So you can see wow. quickly how, you know, waste mm-hmm. challenges um, is embedded into a project that really, I mean, work across all function of the business. Yeah. And it really, you know, back to that thing you said sort of at the top of the show about how the difference between really walking the, 
the walk and more of a greenwashing kind of like, oh yeah, we believe in these things. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a version of it where a company says, oh yeah, we have all these beliefs and values, but we're always going to just go with the cheapest option or the prettiest option because that's how we're assessing our projects. Whereas you're adding this whole other component, which is one of these, you know, meets also this idea of these pillars of what a B Corp certification really is. Yeah. We have a said Vermont Creamery, if it's easy, we probably won't do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's in everything we do. I mean, we make cheese, you know, out of goat's milk with wrinkles on it. (laughs) Very tricky. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, it's time for a quick break, but we'll be back in a moment with more about Vermont Creamery and B Corp business. This episode is brought to you by Nourish and Flourish, a handcrafted, independent publication taking readers on a journey from the soil to the stars. Nourish and Flourish showcases thought-provoking stories from around the world and stunning photography. Each issue explores emerging trends in food, nutrition, recipes, soil health, technology, regenerative agriculture, travel, and more. Volume 1 of Nourish and Flourish includes features on the Svalbard Global Seed Bank, the International Symposium on Bread, and Ancient Hawaiian Aquaculture. Are you interested in eating healthier and learning more about where your food comes from and living a more connected life? Subscribe today at nourishandflourish.site. For $29.99, you'll receive three issues. That's 38% off the retail price. Nourish and Flourish. Connecting readers with the people and stories that make a difference in living a more balanced, healthier life. Subscribe today or find a retailer near you at nourishandflourish.site. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and I'm here with Adeline Duart, president of Vermont Creamery. So, Adeline, you mentioned, we both, I think, mentioned that uh, in 2017, Vermont Creamery was sold to Lando Lakes. And I learned, actually, from your mission manager, Eliza, who we mentioned before, that a company actually has to recertify if ownership changes hands to demonstrate that the business practices remain worthy of the certification. Um, So I was wondering, so I guess I was wondering how that has gone. Did, did anything change in the way that you uh, did the assessment once the sale happened? Or um, also, I'm wondering if, you're, if you felt that the B Corp status was part of what made Vermont Creamery an attractive acquisition for Lando Lakes. How did that moment, how did you navigate the B Corp status around that moment? That's a really good question. Um, we, when we were um, meeting and presenting Vermont Creamery in front of uh, potential buyers and suitors, B Corp was really uh, front and center to, mm. to the story we were telling, not only that we make great product and have built over 
you know, the 35 years of reputation in the specialty industry for the portfolio, the product we make, the care we have. Mm-hmm. But we also wanted to make sure there is a clear um, explanation of what what we stand for as a business, um, because that was crucial to picking the right partner, but also building a you know a long-standing. Um, success story after after the business was uh, was acquired mm-hmm. so it was front and center to the conversation which um I would say was very well received uh, from from Lando Lakes. They were very intrigued uh, by the B Corp um, certification mm-hmm. and also align with with the value that that Lando Lakes um, you know believe and have uh, which is you know it's it's a co-op so mm-hmm. it's uh, owned by farmers. It has multiple um, division within the organization that align with with the B Corp values, such as they have a sustained division mm. that is focusing on providing tools to to reduce the inputs and maximize the output on land and water conservation and 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 um, land health. I would say uh-huh. there is also Land O'Lakes Foundation that is about giving back to the local communities and. Um, and Land O'Lakes Venture 37, which is about um, international development and, and providing mm-hmm. aid, uh, agriculture aid in um, in foreign countries. So the, the the B Corp notion was was not shocking, neither um, misaligned with what Land O'Lakes uh, stands for and, and and believe in. Yeah. So it was pretty straightforward conversation. And what what this certification did is really help us to create, again, this roadmap and framework about what we can do as a business and are willing to do and what we don't want to do. Hmm. Uh, and so that that's actually been very helpful. And I will say for business owners that are looking to transition ownership over time, mm-hmm. that can really be a great tool to make sure there is guardrails for, hmm. for the future of, of the mission. Right, and also to almost as a way to have the conversation about values and operations in such a way that you're feeling good. If you're if you're doing a succession plan and you want there to you want your legacy to continue, it makes a lot of sense to me that this is sort of built into the foundation of the business. Absolutely. Hmm. So my next question is actually about um, your experience personally. I'm wondering, you know, if your personal experience as an employee changed at all when Vermont Creamery became a B Corp. Um, You know, you spoke about the fact that Vermont Creamery was really doing a lot of these things and operating in this sort of B Corp sort of way, even if unofficially until the certification happened. But was there a shift at all in your experience in your day-to-day world as an employee? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. um, Because it was really about validating who we are and what we do and Mm. what we stand for. Um, you know, we we offer we did at that time then up our maternity and paternity leave. We created mm. you know uh, more more um, benefits. Um, also, we created an e team, which is an engagement team. So, couple couple things, but I would say overall, our mm-hmm. core value remains the same. The way we behave and what we care mm-hmm. for. <laughs> It, it hasn't changed much. Yeah. Uh, what it what it did it helped us to 
put a framework also on our communication to the outside world, mm. um, to customer, to consumer. You know, there is so much, I would say, do good washing and greenwashing, right. um, right. and it's heavily marketed. We felt it was important for us to say, hey, we, we are the real deal. And by right. the way, we've been at it for 35 years. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned that there's an E-team, your engagement team. What I'm, that, in, that sounds intriguing to me. What does that team do exactly? Oh, it's, it's um, how to create fun at Vermont Creamery, uh, how to, so they are, yeah, they are in charge of the fun factor, mm. how to continue to engage our team into the mission. Um, mm. We, for example, we have volunteer hours where we go to the Vermont Food Bank, which is literally across the street from us. So mm-hmm. organizing this, um, also waste, uh, waste reduction, uh, we do a water walkthrough, so Organizing all the um, mm. all the culture and mission initiatives that are, uh, I would say, in the day to day with the frontline uh, workers at, at the creamery. Is that team made up of people from all different departments with all different types of jobs? Is it more Absolutely. like a little cohort? Okay, got it. Yeah. And how how big is that team? It flags. It depends. Um, you know, I think there is probably a dozen core individual and whoever can sometime get off the packaging line or right. <laughs> can take a break from cheese making join but we have I would say we have a, a core team and then we have um, we have members coming in and out uh, depending on their on their schedule got it wow that sounds like a lot of fun I love that they're responsible for the fun factor so we are all yeah right that's true that's true they just get to actually uh you know implement some fun some fun sounding ideas i guess and bring bring ids that's that's the most important one yeah so thinking a little bit about the future i'm curious you know what uh what challenges you're looking to tackle right now if you're able to share any specifics in terms of your plans to get up into the 90s of that assessment? Is there anything specific that you're focusing on right now around any of those four pillars? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, We have decided that this year will be, 2019, will be the year where we think uh, think long-term. We really build Mm -hmm. the foundation for um, what is the way we're going to enhance our mission and, and embed it this goal into everything we do at the Vermont Creamery and not only think about our impact for next year, Mm -hmm. but really push ourselves to think five to eight years down the road. Mm. You know, we, we know, we know where we're going to be five years from now. At least we have a plan to to get there. Um, We want to make sure that we also make um, clear focus commitment to what is the impact we're going to have five years from now. So, Mm. Uh, 2019 is about uh, building the long-term strategy. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna change um, the pillar that we you know that we want to focus on, which is our employees, the planet, our farmers, and our and our community. But what mm-hmm. are the key initiatives we want to really work on for the next for the next couple of years? Because we we're a small business mm-hmm. and we are cheesemakers, and so you know we can't do it all. Right. But I think uh, so. That's that's exciting, and then we plan on releasing our updated mission strategy 
um, at the beginning of next year. Oh, exciting. Okay, well, we will keep our eyes out, <laughs> keep a lookout for it. Um, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, the longevity that you've had at Vermont Creamery, over 30 years of business, and it's really pretty recently that you've become officially a B Corp business. And I know that the B Labs has not been around for that long either. Um, But do you think companies, you know, in your opinion, do you think companies have to be a certain size or already have to be pretty established or have a lot of financial success before embarking on the B Corp certification? Absolutely not. Okay. Actually, (laughs) it's much harder for a mid-sized to large businesses to become certified because hmm. it's, it, you know, it, it requires a lot of um, agility and commitment to those specific area. I do not recall the specific metrics, but hmm. I, I recall that over half, if not three-quarter of B Corp certified businesses are family-owned small businesses. Hmm. So they make up the majority of the B Corp right now. There is... Um, 3,000 B Corps around mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. and um, half of them, 1,550, are in uh, between Canada and uh, and USA. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. And do you, for our listeners who are uh, getting excited about maybe going in this direction with their own businesses or looking for businesses to maybe contribute to who are B Corp uh, minded. Um, do you, do you know of any resources? I mean, it sounds like that event you went to with Ben and Jerry's was a real inspiration moment was, was like a, an eye opening moment of like, Oh, here's this certification that basically it just puts a stamp on everything we're already doing. And we really believe in do, do you know if there are opportunities like that for other folks to hear about B Corp businesses or, um, you know, attend any kind of events in person? Yeah. What I would suggest is reach out to, you know, go on the bcorporation.net, mm-hmm. it's the B Lab website. You can search uh, B Corp businesses by region, by industry, mm. and find your community of uh, B Corp businesses. I bet there is, there is one within your state. Vermont alone has over 30 wow. B Corp certified wow. businesses. Wow, that's amazing. Right? And so find, find another business and, and reach out to them. Um, it's 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 a, it's a small community with people that are eager to hmm. help um, bring on more businesses into the B Corp movement. And and you know you look at cheese alone. Uh, we have Cabot Creamery that is also B Corp certified. Mm-hmm. Rogue Creamery that is B Corp certified. And mm-hmm. and and uh, we want we want more businesses to join this movement because this is the way of the future. Yeah, totally. Well, that was a real call to action there. I love it. (laughs) So we've been, of course, talking about a cheese-making company, Vermont Creamery, but we haven't talked about cheese much this episode. So I have one final question for you, and it's, it's sort of a silly one, but I feel like we have to just set the B Corp, uh, set our B Corp hats aside. And I'm curious, what is the most recent cheese that you have cooked with? Cooked? Yeah. Um, I ate half of a bun bush for lunch. <laughs> that that sounds great. I didn't cook. You didn't uh, cook, but that was, yeah. that's, that counts as something. Yes. 
yes. Well, normally I do ask people what's the last cheese they they ate. So I, I decided to switch it up because I was okay. cooking with cheese yesterday and I thought, oh, let's see what people yeah. do with cheese. But with a bambouche, there's no cooking needed. No cooking needed. Just plain cracker and, and, and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite drink pairing with the bambouche? I'm a French 75 type of girl. Oh, very good. <laughs> I like that combo a lot. <laughs> Adeline, thank you so much for joining me on air today. Thank you so much for having, uh, having me and have a great day. Thanks. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can learn more about B Corporations at bcorporation.net, as Adeline mentioned. And if you're considering applying for B Corp certification, we would love to hear about it. You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Cutting the Curd or shoot us an email at cuttingthecurd at heritageradionetwork.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.